0: Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more hey i'm molly and i'm the host of the did that age well podcast each week my guests and i recap and review movies from the past and we talk about how they hold up i'm joined by comedians writers friends and podcasters to talk about the cringeworthy to the timeless classics we break them all down and share some laughs as we do it so find us at milehighlife.com or follow did that age well wherever you get your podcasts
1: Hey everybody, it's Drew Goodman. Guess what? Like everybody else in America, I have a podcast. Actually, I've had it for four years. Download it at all of your favorite places you get podcasts. I have great guests. Guys like Ryan McMahon, Dan Issel, Hall of Famer-to-be Albert Puholtz, current Hall of Famer Larry Walker, Adam Schefter. And we kick around subjects locally, regionally, nationally. So download it and tell your friends. The Drew Goodman Podcast. Catchy name. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports.
2: Always love to talk to our next guest, especially when it's Broncos and Buffalo's football, because uh, nobody covers it better than Justin Adams over at CBS News Colorado. Justin Adams TV on social. And Justin, thanks for, uh, for joining us. It's been a, a little bit, but the Buffalo's now, we'll start there because uh, they play first. The Buffaloes will finish the home part of their schedule against Arizona tomorrow. While the Buffs are not in free fall, it feels like it's not that far away. And and now it seems as if there have been some decisions that are made uh, based on sort of almost, if not knee-jerk, pretty close to it, because the removal of Sean Lewis as a play caller, installation of Pat Shermer as a play caller, even though that wasn't really even sort of announced, it's just something that was reported and everyone accepted it happened. And now, of course, the idea that uh Deion sanders shared over with mark johnson on the colorado coaches show with the koa that uh, and i'll give you the quote we've had a great week of practice we've had a couple of fights which i like it's a great thing i always want to know who won because i keep records i don't break them up some coaches break them up i don't some guys fight hoping for the breakup no we're going to let you go well let's work back to the front with the fights justin you played at the university of colorado uh there, there have been very few times that i there, there things i've had questions about Deion sanders but here's the first one i look at and i say That's an exaggeration. I'm going to call you on that. that's not actually happening.
3: You know, being from a program where I understand when your team is on a free fall, fights go one or two different ways. One way you could see it is that, hey, we're a team that's in a free fall. We've lost the last three games, five out of the last six. We're fighting, and we just don't care anymore. We don't care about the leadership. Or the other side, which is the side that I'm really looking at is we still care this has to be – we have to get this together because if we don't win this game, we're not going to a bowl game. Like we want to be able to win this game in this three-game losing streak so we still care. We're still getting after it in practice because I've been a part of, uh, of it where you really didn't care the last couple of games. I'll give you one for example. Dan Hawkins' first year of 2006, we finished that season 2-10, and 10, and there weren't any fighting that was going on because we were counting down the practices, not the games counting down the number of practices we had before the end of the season. So when you see guys that are still getting after it, it shows that they care to me. It doesn't show that they're losing, you know, their touch with one another. But I will say that um, it's one thing you really want to keep an eye on for the most part. And we'll see how it all translates on Saturday.
4: Yeah, I guess. Uh, I I (laughs) I don't know why you'd boast about that as a, uh, and, uh, pardon the pun, a prime indicator of your team's readiness for uh, the upcoming game against probably next to Oregon, the team playing the best right yes. now in the entire Pac-12. And if you look at Arizona, they lost at Mississippi State in overtime, they lost at USC in triple overtime, and they lost to Washington by seven points. Yeah. So and- they aren't that far from being... I won't say nine and oh, but they aren't that far from being seven and two, eight and one. They're a good team, and your idea of getting your team ready to face maybe the second best team in the Pac twelve right now is to uh sanction or maybe even exaggerate the amount of fist fighting your team is doing during the week in practice. Yes,
3: really? Sandy, there's a yeah, Sandy. there's a reason why we have this thing called coach speak. Right, Because there's certain things that you can talk about or you should talk about, and there's other things that you should. And this is one of those things where we all get it, where if it's training camp and there's a fight, which there was, and it was publicized and talked about, we all get it. Okay, hey, we all – if one fights, we all fight together. Oh, I got that one. I got that one. But there's really no reason to talk about why there's a fight that's going on in practice where you have three games remaining and it's senior day coming up, right? And so those are one of the things that you look around, and I agree with you on this point. That's something that you don't have to talk about. You shouldn't mention. Here's another thing that you don't have to talk about or you really shouldn't mention. Guys, we shouldn't know that Pat Shermer is calling the place. Like, what is the reason why that we need to know that you have made a change with the offensive coordinator? Well, they didn't, didn't announce it. it. The only
4: reason we knew is it got reported got out. Reported, right? We go,
3: yeah. And so the way that it got reported out, obviously, we all know how it got reported out. I Man, you know, an agent had to go and speak up and say a little something, something, and then Dion has to go and answer for it. But uh, I mean, it is one of those things where you look up in when it gets out that way, you have to make sure that you have a tight ship, and that's where you see a couple of the leaks start to come out. And those are one of the things where it shouldn't come out. And to be very honest. If you want a tight ship, if you want something where you don't want those things to come out, then you just fire the offensive coordinator and you go somewhere else, right? You go with Pat Shermer and keep it moving, rather than having to say, "Okay, now we have to backtrack." I couldn't and now agree more. Couldn't agree I have, more. I have this disagreement now with um, you know Sean Keeler, who's doing his job as a journalist, which I know is interesting these days because we have a lot of fans out there. Like yeah. you could actually still have journalists cover this team, but he's just doing his job, asking about. Who's the better guy calling the plays? Well, you don't have to do any of those things if you don't do
4: this. Yeah, I, I thought just to interject, it, the better part of the question was, did it make any difference in your opinion? That was the part of the question asking Shadour first mm-hmm. whether he, which one he liked better. Obviously, he's not going to answer that. But, but I thought it was an excellent question to ask Shadur did you see any difference? <laughs> and you. it was hard to detect that there was given that until they uh, returned that two-point conversion, that uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. aborted play, I guess. Right. I could call it something stronger <laughs> than that, uh, right. 88 yards. At that point, that one play of 88 yards exceeded their total offense output by 10. Because they had ridiculous. 78 yards at that point and three I, points until they it, added two to make five.
3: Yeah, it's just utterly ridiculous. Look, anytime you're in the fourth quarter and you have a score that the Rockies would have on the scoreboard at Coors Field, and uh, it's not something that you should have at Folsom Field in the fourth quarter, to say the least. And the offense didn't look good. Uh, Shadur didn't look good as well. We know No, no he we did not. Get. That's the
4: first time this year he has not looked good,
3: right? Guys, man. Really looked bad. Well, may I put this out there? I think this is the first time he has truly tapped out last week because, yes, he was getting hit, yes, he was running around, but he didn't look that same confident quarterback that we saw last year. He didn't look like that same guy who went into Tom Brady mode, right? He didn't look like that same type of quarterback. He looked very just generous in the pocket, was always looking to get outside the pocket, even if the pocket was fine. He just didn't look good, and then once he got outside – I mean, passes were short. He wasn't able to step into any throws. He just didn't look like himself last week. So hopefully, the Buffs can be able to do something like I don't know, chip the DN or keep somebody in half max percent, <laughs> just to be able to take care of him. Just small things like that, right? Yeah, just little things
1: like that. <laughs> it, it has it been
2: uh, kind of frustrating, and I think that the trickier is is what are we making of Deion Sanders? We always knew that the losses were going to come, and it seems mm-hmm. like perhaps Deion Sanders was the person that didn't realize mm-hmm. the losses were going to come. So now you have a, re- a reaction which probably all but ensures that Sean Lewis will leave at the end of this this season. And now you have an offensive coordinator position to fill, which will not presumably, hopefully, fingers crossed, be filled by Pat Shermer, who hadn't mm-hmm. been an assistant in that regard in over two decades. Right. So. It seems to me for a team that, and I get the frustration of the way they played of late. They won one game last year. And right. some of this seems to be that Sanders' own expectations were so high that he's the victim of his own success. Because I think any of the three of us, if we would have said, and no, no matter how it went, if we're looking at this game, the Arizona game, and saying the Buffs are going to come into it four and five, we're going to be saying, oh, wow, what a turnaround. And wow, it's great they have a chance at a bowl. Yeah. But to Sanders, it's basically as if it's been a disaster. And uh, that's the only thing I guess the the wonder is this is going to take patience. It appears to be the one thing that Sanders doesn't have a lot of, but he doesn't have a choice in this situation. It doesn't go as quickly as he'd like it to go. And and, the exemptions that happened with the transfer portal because he's a new coach, they don't happen next year.
3: That's right. 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 Because you get the feeling that you come in with, 86 new players, guys. Think about this. And they cannot do that again. new players. You cannot do no. that again. No. But also you feel that once you make that change, that everything's going to be fine, right? You forget that with some of the guys that you let go with three offensive linemen that would have helped you out this year. You have a right tackle that's starting at Florida State. Number four, great right team in the nation, by the way. You yeah. probably could have used him. You have one, You have a guard who started at Purdue. Yeah. Ryan Walters, by the way, former yeah. Buff. He's yep. the head coach over there. He is. And you have another guard who started at UCLA. I think you could have used that guy as well, right? right. So right. you could talk about all the Louis luggage that you got. And this isn't a criticism, but it's just a reality that sometimes you get Louis, other times you just get in a regular old bag. I don't even know yep. the brand, but I know Walmart has it, Kmart has it, all those other places have it. If a Mart is buy it, that's pretty much the offensive line that you have right now, okay? It's not Louie. It's somewhere with a mark behind it. That's where you got that back. So for the Bucks right now, for Coach Prime and Deion Sanders, all the whole nine, it's just you have to understand what your team is able to do. You may go in inside your office and say, hey, guys, we have this expectation. This is where we're going to be. I'm a winner. We're a winner. This is where we have to be. But then you look at your roster, understand what you have, and do everything that you can to give your guys the best opportunity to succeed. And guys, to be very honest with you, when you look at these scores, they've had chances in every game other than Oregon. Sure. They truly had an opportunity to win these games, but you have turnovers. You have mistakes. You have, you're, you're causing turnovers, and you're not taking advantage of them. Uh, look at last week. Look at UCLA. Four turnovers in the first half, and that only produces three points. You're not going to win any games if that happens. So they have the opportunities. They're not getting blown out, but you've got to be able to succeed when you have those chances in order to win the games.
4: What's your position on this team defensively now? Uh, I'm not crazy about the demeanor Mm -hmm. of the defensive coordinator who seems to alternate between running up and down the (laughs) sidelines, throwing temper tantrums, and (laughs) screaming almost to the point of – Bursting a vessel uh, mm-hmm. at players when they come off the field—that seems to be uh, his uh, the way he rolls. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. when, when he's not misplacing players and getting nine guys, ten guys, or twelve guys out there.
3: My goodness, I you know what it showed so much during the Stanford game where you looked around and guys didn't know the personnel grouping. They had and they no were, idea what to do. Had no. You know what? The, one of the reasons why you lose that game. Is because of the personnel grouping. Is because you didn't know who should have been in the game. Oh, I think it was
4: one of the main reasons.
3: Yeah. Actually, I would argue that when you look at the fourth quarter specifically, um, Stanford had like third and 19 or something like that, and you have those penalties, right? And it's like, what are we doing? Well, that continues the momentum, and it continues the swing where you ended up losing this game. I would say two things. I would say number one about this defense, I think the last two weeks, everybody will look out and say, wow, look how much better they have played. I would make the argument that the reason why they have shown a lot better is because of the style of offense they have went up against. It's not the spread, throw the ball around type of offense. They have dealt with a lot of ball control offense. UCLA, they want to run the ball first and then pass. Um, Sta- not Stanford, but, um, but Oregon State, the same way. They want to run the ball first and then pass, right? And then you're going to see an Arizona team that will want to spread you out a little bit. Yes, they would have still run the football but they have a quarterback that could be able to throw. So we could see a little bit of a change there defensively um, from the numbers and the yards that the Bucs give up. Number two, and I don't think we don't sit on this enough, guys. A lot of these transfers came to Boulder in the fall. They came to Boulder late July, um, August, okay? Whenever you have a defensive system that you're trying to learn and you just get on campus with four or five weeks in order to learn this defensive system and then go out on the field and then play, that it's that much more difficult in order to know what you need to do, especially in a secondary, right? You're still trying to figure out this team. So they're finally starting to figure out what to do on defense. And, oh, by the way, the team is still trying to figure out who are guys that really can help us out defensively and where do we need to push them, right? For example, Trevor Woods started off this season as a safety. Now he's that linebacker, right? Right. They're trying to move them around, put the right pieces in place in order to help out the defense. It's something that I foresee that was going to happen. We haven't talked about it enough, but that's one of the reasons why they haven't been consistent on defense.
2: How important is it for the remainder of this season for Deion Sanders to, well, go against what he usually does and, and maybe back off? Uh, of of the, the bombacity and the idea that things are always going, that they're just a moment away from turning around, yeah. and that it's really just about players who don't love it as much or aren't passionate enough, and it's a little bit more what you're talking about, because what nothing you've talked about, it's not as if caring about it doesn't matter, it does, right. but nothing you just talked about had to do with the fact of saying, well, the guys clearly don't care. No, yeah. it's about time, it's about working together, right. it's about things that cannot be microwaved. Right. I guess I would ask, do you get the impression that Deion Sanders knows that, and this is coach speak? Or is he learning this the hard way in real time?
3: I think some of this is learning it the hard way in real time. Yeah, um, right. And part of it, too, is is that it kind of reminds me of an NBA coach. You know, George Carl, you know, we all know about him. He always talked about there are about four to five different times in a season where you could really get after your guys, especially in the media. Um, because you could say, hey, they're not doing what you're supposed right. to do and this, that, yeah. and the other. But after a while, that just becomes – in one ear, out the other. Yeah, ear, just it's goes stale. It's exactly. stale. And so you can't continue to say that, hey, these guys don't want it, yeah. when it's clear that these guys are here for a reason, right? And maybe it's your level of expectation that they have to get to, so you help them go and get to that area, right? So you can't pull that card anymore. There's no more of these guys don't want a type of card that you could pull. But what you can pull and what you need to pull for recruiting purposes is is the positivity that even though things aren't going well right now, we know that right around the corner we're going to be better. And you have to continue to push that out because you're not just recruiting the player, you're recruiting the mom, the dad, right? Most likely you're recruiting the mom, right? You're recruiting that athlete in order to say that even though things aren't going well right now, you know that if you come to Boulder that things are going to be just fine. Your son will get that education, but oh, by the way, he'll be able to succeed on the field. So keep the positivity going out there, but you got to go a little bit less of saying that these guys don't care and coach up these young men in order to succeed.
4: We'll let you run on this, but, uh, Sean Payton seems to be of a mind that we've turned it around or perhaps more accurately, I've turned it around. Um, (laughs) What are we going to see Monday night in Buffalo, in your considered opinion?
3: A whole lot of running. That's exactly what we're going to see. <laughs> 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 just well, to be honest will, with you. Will
4: Russell Wilson even throw 15 passes? <laughs> he, he threw 18 eight passes. Night. You know yeah. what?
3: Yeah. You hope that he doesn't have to throw more than 25. Um, because the reason why is you're controlling the clock so well. Well, I, His, I guess
4: he threw 25, it just got sacked six times in the last That's right. Game. <laughs>
3: that's right. I mean, here's the thing. You're, you're taking on a Buffalo team that they had um, a players-only meeting. They understand that if they lose this game, that they it's over. really yeah, going it's down. Over. It's done Because it's they have the Eagles in a couple of weeks. They take right. on the Jets next week. Right. they got to win this yeah. game. And for the Broncos, if you win this game, you look down the schedule, and you can really talk yourself into this team being on – the cusp of being in the postseason. So this is a very important game for both teams. I think Sean Payton feels that everything is turned around. Well, as Gary Kubiak used to say, we're fixing to
1: find we're out. We're fixing we'll find to out find, find out. out. And yep. what
4: what we already know is even the bad teams that the Broncos have had uh, all these years out of the playoffs, they always win two in a row. Sometimes, get this, they even win three in a
3: row. It's a shock.
4: With bad teams, bad teams <laughs> yeah. win two in a row, three in a row, all the time. The idea that you think you've turned it around with a two-game winning streak is preposterous. Every single year, they've had at least one two-game winning streak.
3: Even Every the worst year. teams, even, even the worst, the worst years. teams, they they find a way how to win, right? And so, well, other than Carolina, my God, that game was terrible last night. But um, just find a way. That's all it comes down That's to: right. find a way how to win.
4: You're right. Carolina may not win two in a row.
2: <laughs> and knows okay yeah. with that the chicago bears <laughs> totally fine with that uh, he is justin adams make sure you give him a follow on social justin adams uh tv and, and catch out because catch everything's putting together over at cbs news colorado terrific stuff today thanks justin i think that that's uh some really good deep dive info as to what the buffs are kind of doing wrong and now they need to get a, a back on track and i would add to the one thing you said uh, when you're talking about adding to the positivity the last part of that puzzle when coaching those guys up and talking about positive is outline how we're going to get from here to there that's yep. the next stage too. not just trust me but yeah. here's how and that's mm-hmm. the, maybe the last piece and it might be that deon sanders is learning this the hard way in real time and i would say this if that's the case that's actually a good sign because if he yep. actually did know it and this is all coach speak that would be something even more concerning. So we'll find out how it goes when the Buffs get things going uh, tomorrow, and then uh, we'll find out what the Broncos do on Monday. Thanks, Justin.
3: Fellas, always a pleasure. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much. Always terrific to talk to Justin. A great uh, information on that. And exactly right from that player that's, perspective that's in college. good stuff. It was really great you stuff. You know, I, I hadn't
4: thought of that at mm-hmm. all. How many of these guys arrived in July and August. And they move right into football There were no spring mode. practices.
2: There was nothing like learn that.
4: Learn the offense. Learn the defense. And your coach is saying that you don't care. And then your coach says, you know, before the halfway mark, I really wonder if these guys care at all. Boy, I I was at the game in Fort Worth. They sure seemed to care a lot then.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot uh, of interest here. We'll find out if things uh, change at all. But, yeah, it is. it feels like a little bit of panic. And I don't know if it needs to be panic. As we said, the main zoom out. You would have told everyone the Buffaloes are four and five this week. I think every bus fan would have said, All right, look at the turnaround. Amazing. Maybe the only a bowl. people that seem to bowl. think it's awful yeah. is the coaching staff. Right. Right. Well, this, the head coach specifically. Now oddly, we have a flip with the Denver Broncos, who the coaching I, staff seems right. to think everything is fine. It's Fans great. are looking at it what? going, uh we'll talk about that next on Violet Sports.
0: Hey, I'm Molly, and I'm the host of the Did That Age Well podcast. Each week, my guests and I recap and review movies from the past, and we talk about how they hold up. I'm joined by comedians, writers, friends, and podcasters to talk about the cringeworthy to the timeless classics. We break them all down and share some laughs as we do it. So find us at milehighlife.com or follow Did That Age Well wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, presented by
3: Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy.
2: Boy, great stuff by Justin Adams joining us oh, just a little bit ago. If you missed any part of it, always go uh, to MyLifeSports.com or get the Sports app. You can get that interview. That was uh, as good a breakdown, I think, as the, anywhere on the buff. Oh, it's, it, it's as good as I've heard this year. Yeah. From absolutely. anybody had it pegged
4: on, on Colorado and uh, on, a, on a couple of fronts, uh, it, not uh, to mention that the reminder that three X buffs, uh, and this is part of the problem last year, uh, they're terrible. They're one 11. That didn't mean that every starting player was terrible, and even Deion Sanders didn't think that because he brought back Woods, Mm -hmm. and actually now I think has made a smart move, or Kelly has, in making Woods a linebacker, moving him where he can be closer to the line of scrimmage and and make more plays. I, I actually think that's a very good move, and if they're so anxious to pat themselves on the back, pat themselves on the back for that reason, but they let three offensive linemen go who are starting for Florida State, Purdue, and UCLA. Now, Purdue's not a great team, but Florida State's number four in the country, and UCLA, until recently, was a ranked team, and is, we know, a good team. And they don't start chumps on the offensive line at UCLA, and they certainly don't at Florida State, at least not this year. And those three linemen are better than any of the, transfers who have come in and are playing this year for cu they could have had retaining those three guys they would have had a halfway decent offensive line because they could have moved a couple of other people in there and given them a chance that the three guys had already played together last year the the least worst aspect of the buffs mm-hmm. last year might well
2: have been the offensive <laughs> line I uh, maybe and yeah the, there is some there's a and the worst aspect of the Buffs this year is the offensive. Yes, and, and uh, it's not totally unexpected. We we uh, Of course, this is your program as well. 303-831-1340 is the number for caller text. We uh, Danny Bailey's monitoring that. Danny, did we have a standout one to discuss? Yeah, one on CU here. How many kids transfer out of CU
1: after this season?
2: At, that's a good question. Great question. And I, I don't think we necessarily know Great that question. there is still... It's a fascinating situation because um, Deion Sanders is not the only coach that kind of complains about his players after losses by any stretch of the imagination, and he's not well, the even. The pit
4: coach did that, yeah. and his players struck back on social
2: media, which is yeah. yeah. fascinating. But uh, Deion Sanders is delivering to an extent what he said he'd deliver in the in the in the short term, which is visibility. Yeah, which is sort of a cool factor. Uh, that's all happening. So I, I, I don't actually suspect that they will lose that many players. I think that players oddly, and this is the part that's odd. Like we talked about last segment. I think buffs alum buffs fans. If you just took all the details out and, and jumped from Deion Sanders being hired to this weekend and said the Buffs will be four and five. They'd say, Oh, wow. Look at the turnaround. That's great. It really is only Sanders that's making it seem well, like that's a disaster, and, 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 and I think players understand that it doesn't get turned around instantaneously.
4: Yeah, but the players, I, I don't know. But if you they, could lose some. They you could. Uh, I think you'll lose some because some guys will look at Deion and say there's no self-awareness, there's no humility, it's just blame the players. Uh, I coach great. hardly alone in college football. Uh, that. Well, no, but, but he's, he's not as successful as some of them. Some, uh, yeah. Nick Saban doesn't do that. And Nick Saban is viewed as a, you know, hard ass, right? Right. He doesn't, he never does that. I mean, never does that. He yells at players. But he, he doesn't. But he doesn't, he doesn't lambast them publicly. He doesn't say
2: that they don't care about what they're doing. And he that, that's, that's the, the thing. thing. In fact, and, and, this
4: year, he has the youngest team he's ever coached. And he says he's having more fun coaching than he's ever had. This is not his best Alabama team, by a country mile. But he's been patient. He he doesn't rail against the new left tackle, who is a hell of a recruit, and he's struggled because he's new. Right. New offensive linemen always struggle, especially in the and SEC they struggle as where a they line play some
2: defense. Until the, the line has some time to get together and gel too. Remember, so much of the offensive line, involves trust because when the play starts you can't look behind you to find out think about the way a pocket builds you can't look behind you to see where the other guys are you have to know what they will do if you know the pressure is coming from any particular side you have to know that the guy on your right side will do this and then you have to know that the guy on the left side will do this and that just takes time and you can't make it happen any faster Practice reps are not the same. You have to have it done in games because practice reps are still practice reps. In the end, you know that your teammate in practice is not going to crush Shadur Sanders and grind him into the ground. You know that in the back of your head. So it makes practice different. Uh, when you get into a game situation, that is different because you know that this is a real game physical there's real physical risk here involved uh, when you're talking about injuries to your quarterback so y- you just can't accelerate that process and uh, when when the recruiting area has changed and this is i've i've thought since the beginning of the year if they might lose somebody it might be in the wide receiver group because they have so many of those. Yeah, there are a I couple agree. of those guys going, Hey, yeah. I could be the number one guy. You know, I could be right. on Miller going, Why am I why yeah. am I not number one right. at a really good school somewhere else? If I'm Giovanna yeah. Antonio, uh those kind of players I think you could run that where where the the buffs emphasized the quote unquote skill positions, that's all well and good, yeah. but they're so deep there and they're not deep in other spots. And they're not as deep as they thought they were at some as well. And that includes the running back position, which behind uh Dylan Edwards and Alton McCaskill, who's now redshirted after well, not being able to quite yeah. come back. They don't have that much. Well, it, here's, here's what I wonder about. And you may have more
4: insight than I do on this. And I, I could be way off the mark, but I think the uh, cornerback McLean, I could see him transferring.
2: I, I I could see him going somewhere. I else. think he's actually getting a, a lot more playing time and starting to, to to flourish there. So I I don't think he's okay. going anywhere. But but I, I get the idea you want to be careful when you're when you're criticizing guys. And Justin hit it on the head. Uh, in fact even referencing George Carl, who, you know, we have on the show with regularity, he's right. Uh there are only you have a a limited number of times, select number of times, it, you can go and on. you'd better do it after it's been a long run isn't of bad play. Game
4: season, either right, and and it's as a, a result,
2: you really have to uh, be be judicious about it. And I think Deion Sanders' challenge, there is a little bit of humility that needs to occur there, and I yeah. think that's not a surprise to anybody. We knew that was going to be a, a potential flying the ointment that Deion Sanders did not win the first three games of the season, and nor has Deion Sanders lost. Uh, in the last games of the season, either. But the important part is to separate yourself and go to the players and winning and losing those well. things. And my job is to put them in a position to do that. I think Dion got very into Dion with the first three, proving, look, I, I'm going to power five. We want three in a row. Everyone hey, can it's shut not up. That
4: much no, much Do you believe? Yeah. yeah. Do you well, believe? That's what I was just going to get to. And, and the best exchange of the year was Dion Saints Edward, Edward, who didn't Fort question Worth. anything, by the way.
2: But, well,
4: <laughs> he called on social media many, many months ago, Deion, a celebrity coach. I don't know why Dion took offense at that, but he, he, I don't know. It, it, his celebrity has been very good for Boulder. Why not embrace that? His celebrity has been very good for the university. Why not embrace that? Why, why resent it? But it's another example of Deion's lack of self-awareness. Now, it was after the first game, and he was entitled to Crow, but he picked on the wrong guy, because Edwarder had the perfect comeback. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? And Edwarder said, uh, believe in what? Right. And that is still the question. What does Deion Sanders believe in, apart from his own ego? He believes in that. He believes he's infallible, and that that's it. And I don't see any learning curve here. I'm sorry. Even our friend Rick Perea has been very critical of Dion this year, said he'll be better next year. Um, Last Rick next week, whether he still believes that, because I'm not so sure he does. And maybe it'll take a bunch of kids transferring to wake him up.
2: Or maybe it'll take, if they don't get this win against Arizona, they may end up losing out the rest of the way in a very yeah. long and uncomfortable offseason in which there is no choice but to look in the mirror.
4: You know, I actually think of the three games left, the one they have the best chance to win is in Pullman. Because Washington State has hey, Arizona, the by the
2: way, in case you haven't paid attention, is on a three-game winning streak. All three of those over-ranked teams.
4: Exactly. Yikes.
2: Other than Oregon, and including Washington,
4: Arizona's the best team in the Pac-12 right now right this moment. Arizona will play in a bowl game. They've already got six wins. If they finish with seven or eight, they'll get a good bowl game because their only two conference losses were by seven points to one of the top five teams in the country and in triple overtime in, in a game that If they had known at the time they uh, were supposed to win that game, they would have won it, I suspect. The team they have now would kill USC. The team they have now, with the confidence they have now, would kill USC. So I actually think Washington State gives them their last best chance to get to five.
2: I really do. W- Even though it's a road game, yeah, it, it may be. I mean, it is the least difficult. We, we'll find out. It's a fascinating situation up there, and uh, but Washington State probably looks at
4: CU and says, "Yep, that's is ours, ours, ours as well."
2: Right? Uh, it, this is an important. It, it, to me, this is that this game on Saturday for the Buffs is less about whether they win it or lose it, and more about whether they are in it the whole time and look sure. capable sure. of trading punches. I agree. They don't have to win it to
4: look good. They don't have to win it to be encouraged. But the coaches set up this framework now where you not only have to win, you have to kind of look good winning. And by God, you can't let the quarterback get touched. I mean, there are are a lot of things beyond winning that he seems to require. Yeah, And... (laughs) I I I'm I'm just I can somewhere between confused and and, and disappointed because what they did at Fort Worth m- made a strong statement and it instead of taking that and even even beyond that I mean Take take that for one week and enjoy it, and take the second half against Nebraska and embrace that. But once CSU gave you the kind of scare they did, you probably that should, should have, should have been realized a call. we're not
2: we're not really a top twenty-five. And team.
4: I think the players sense that. I do too, but none of the coaches.
2: Did. I agree. We we said the that before. Got it.
4: The players were ahead of the coaches. In being realistic if you about to who, ask they, me were who yep. where they were and where they
2: were. I think all, we've all said this fact. I think you, me, and Dr. Rick have said this. I think we even said it uh, a week or two ago that uh, the, the Sanders that has had the consistently best and most consistent angle on this team isn't the coach. It's the quarterback. And it's not Shiloh. No. It's the quarterback. It's the it's quarterback. Shador. He it's is the, the most mature on the bright side? one in the bunch. It's the quarterback. (laughs) So, I mean, that's the reason to be optimistic. From the college to the pros, of course, there's some excitement this season. You can win a trip to the biggest football game of the year, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Superbook will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game. They'll also give you two tickets and a three-night hotel stay. All you have to do is place a $25 same-game parlay between now and January 7th, and you're automatically entered to win. So, wager and win a super trip to Las Vegas, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER well we'll take a look at the other programs in place this weekend of course the Falcons trying to bounce back the Rams as well and maybe even take a sneak peek Colorado high school football playoffs are cooking by the way too we'll take a look at all of it next on My Life Sports
4: It's Friday, then. It's Saturday, Sunday.
3: This
2: is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. It is, of course, a football Friday. I and mean, I guess the first of the, the biggest football news in town involves Air Force, not in the way you think. Mm-hmm. Air Force Academy Superintendent General Richard Clark has now been named as the new executive director of the college football playoff. Uh, the news kind of circulated that he was the target yesterday. Uh, reports said that the uh, the deal now is uh, signed, and uh, according to the chairman of the college football playoff board of managers, Mark Keenum, quote, General Clark's experience leading the U.S. Air Force Academy as a three-star general and being a four-year letter winner with the U.S. Air Force football team gives him a strong background to excel in this crucial leadership Role. Great choice. So congratulations. Great. great. I extraordinary. I you could do any better. I'm an extraordinary choice. Clark said in a statement, college football is an American tradition unlike any other, especially now as the playoff expands from four to 12 teams. This is an exciting time for fans and everyone involved in this great game. I'm excited to be a part of it and look forward to beginning my work. Before we get to the uh, local
4: story, the big story in sports this afternoon, the breaking story late this afternoon, Jim Harbaugh suspended uh, by the Big Ten. Uh, amid the sign-stealing investigation that is being conducted, uh, maybe using that term loosely, by the NCAA. (laughs) Uh, This is a a sideline ban. He can coach his team during the week, his heart's content, but uh, for the remaining three games of the regular season, he will not be on the sidelines unless there is a temporary restraining order obtained by the University of Michigan to do, of overnight, uh, that would allow him to uh, coach in the game at Penn State that Michigan plays tomorrow.
2: Big Ten uh, Commissioner Tony Battiti brought, brought up the, uh, wrote to ESPN about it specifically and said, "Quote: This is not a sanction of Coach Harbaugh." It is a sanction against the university that under the extraordinary circumstances presented by this offensive conduct best fits the violation because it, one, preserves the ability of the university's football student-athletes to continue competing, and two, it recognizes that the head coach embodies the university for purposes of its football program. I do not have an issue with the way that this works. Because as they've it. pointed out, the letter from the Big Ten of Michigan said, quote, Michigan, quote, violated the sportsmanship policy because the university football staff member engaged in an organized, extensive, years-long, in-person advanced scouting scheme that was impermissible. And clearly, the NCAA presented plenty of evidence to the Big Ten. If I were Michigan, plenty of evidence, I guess, fine, you can try your injunction, and if it doesn't go, you may just want to back off. For this one, because I don't know if you have a winning hand here. And, uh, I, and the I, president I, and the athletic director,
4: more so than even Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. have behaved shamefully yeah. in the last week or two. The classic, well, other people other stole team. our signs, and they shared them with one another.
2: The, look, naughty, naughty. There's a difference, by the way, between what happened, in, I get it, uh, between s- just scouting Look, you, you you can go to a college football game and you can bring your binoculars and you can try to figure out what happens over the course of the game and figure out the patterns of the cards they're holding up or whatever. And if you figure it out, good for you. And if, if you're an alum of some other school that's playing them later, you can email them and say, look what I learned about. That's, that's fine. That's just scouting. But that's not what we're talking about here. And I, I think the Big Ten's doing the right thing. And I think, quite frankly, uh, you have to find a way to punish the university appropriately while I think keeping – things relatively fair and i think this is a relatively reasonable way to do it especially with the point out this is not a sanction of harbaugh we are sanctioning the program but this is the most efficient and effective way to do it i think that's a perfectly fair way to to look at it uh it, it's it's a uh, it's big news because obviously michigan's in that right now would be in, in the playoff but uh, I think you have to handle it. You have to nip this stuff in the bud. Tomorrow night, uh, late games for both Air Force and Hawaii. Of course, Air Force plays in Hawaii, so that's like at a 9 p.m. start. Exactly. Uh, you won't be able to really watch that anywhere. No, uh, no, but but uh, you not. will be able to watch Visible. the Rams on, yeah. uh, on CBS Sports Network right. again taking on San Diego State. They are at home. This is a huge game for the Rams. Uh, San Diego State, 3-6, and 1-4 in conference. If they win, 4-6. and six, Two to go. CSU is favored by four and a half, but there's their schedule, folks. The Rams could win out. They, they could bowl.
4: Nevada and Hawaii, weaker teams than Colorado State, uh, would give if the Rams can win tomorrow night, Colorado State a legitimate shot at going six and six and qualifying for a ballgame. game, and of course Wyoming's at UNLV. Uh, that'll be an 8:45 game tonight on FS1, which uh, I will be watching after I watch uh, Colorado play Grambling uh, uh, basketball. Yeah, in a basketball tilt that will represent a revenge game of sorts for CU, having lost to Grambling last
2: year. But but uh, give give the Rams credit because let's zoom out a little bit here. They have a chance. If they win this one, they could win out and make a bowl. They could go six and six. Absolutely. But keep in mind, single digit loss to Colorado. Which they probably should have won, but single digit loss, a uh, two point loss to UNLV. Yeah, uh, nine they point. They should have.
4: Went, they led with forty four seconds. Nine to go. point
2: loss to Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, Norvell has that program going in the right direction.
4: I, I think he does, and uh, you know, I the, my daughter went there. I pull for him. It, it, it does get a little frustrating at times, but you try to remind yourself hey, it's a freshman quarterback. He's going to make mistakes. How many years he you been goals. doing this? has
2: the good three yeah how many years we've we been doing the show yeah it's, i didn't know both of our daughters went to Colorado state how yeah. about that there you yep. go yep. okay so there's something, something new every day No, no, <laughs> my, uh,
4: my daughter and i actually went uh and sat in the stands for csu and my daughter was the most popular person in the section <laughs> by far there were fights breaking out all over the section everybody loved my daughter well, I, I did mean, not provoke similar affection uh, for oh. reasons that you are inexplicable you didn't, you didn't to provoke me. provoke a fight. I was like, well, I don't know. No.
2: Oh, of course. No, yeah. I, well, I mean, you know, I, not really your thing. Very okay. uh, really well restrained. Yeah. The, this, this weekend, uh, of course, keep in mind the local high schools get going. Of course, uh, my Ponderosa Mustangs will take on Windsor tonight uh, in the 4A and 5A. Uh, I'm going to go catch, uh, I'm going to head out to the Halftail, Halftime Help Stadium out in Highlands Ranch, catch uh, number time Castleview. Against number eight, Mount yeah. Vista, the winner will get the Creek uh-huh. Legacy whoa, matchup. Whoa, whoa. Uh, Jackson Blanchard, the tight end for Castleview last week, about 55 yards, two touchdowns yeah. in their uh, 35-16 win. So go check a little bit more of the high school. App. By the way, it's a good opportunity to remind people, uh, coloradopreps.com and the Colorado Preps app, uh, if you, ha- you don't have it here, part of the MyLife Sports family, just terrific. The scoreboards are updated live. It's hard to find high school scores. Uh, we've got it for you. Uh, all of those scores, all of those brackets, more than just football, every high school sports. Uh, I, see, we, we've got sure. all of it right I here. My
4: Colorado Preps. Yeah, yeah I'm ready to go. So you, you know? You're ready.
2: Right. Uh, yeah, so are looking right. for some high school football tonight, but uh, other. Uh, it, playoffs going on as well you know a lot of the fall sports volleyball is going on and you can catch all of it over at colorado preps.com or just get the app for all of it uh including some of the, their broadcast too. Colorado prep scoreboards show and uh, all the things put together there so check it out uh over there colorado preps wherever you get your apps but uh yeah it's, it's going to be a really fun football weekend and then of course uh monday the broncos get at it and what feels like again it's kind of funny we compare this sandy with the what we have talked about with Deion Sanders, it's as if Sean Payton has made this game against the Bills sort of make or break for the season. Because if they lose it, everyone knows no. Stop with the delusions of grandeur making the playoffs. Uh, if they win it, I guess you can you can you can keep it alive for a little bit longer. But you can't go out to Buffalo and lay an egg if you're saying you've turned the team around and you're ready to go. Oh, I mean, no, this is no, this is um, Payton has made this into a statement game all of a sudden. And that's yes. fascinating as well. Yes. He he certainly has, and
4: I don't know if this is the right time, the right place, or the right opponent. Yeah, I wouldn't say making such a statement. (laughs) I I, I would say literally none of those things. You know, maybe the Vikings at home would be better. Uh, Even Cleveland at home might might be better if you're talking about a statement game, but. uh, Chris Thomason had the Broncos, what, losing seven straight on Monday night?
2: That's correct. The current uh, losing Monday night streak is Did seven. point out that Sunday night, the week after that, has been a little better. But that's uh, uh, been a little Monday better. Monday night's been, it's been not a little
4: better, so good. But it's been a little better because the Broncos generally don't appear on Sunday night football anymore.
2: Not anymore. Uh, and if you want to find a way to turn it around, this would be the way to do it. Yeah. If you could beat the, uh, the Chiefs and the Bills in back-to-back hey, games, hey, maybe we discuss it. It'll be yet another Sunday. Without a Bronco
4: defeat, you take
2: what you can get. It right. is also, by the way, Veterans Day today. Uh, think about all of the the veterans uh, this this week that have uh, have served. You know, take a little time Tomorrow. to consider that. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, yes. Observed yeah. Yeah. today. Yes. Uh, veterans yes. Day will be sure. uh, tomorrow. So take some time and, and, and consider that as well. And, and uh, please go ahead and thank all those uh, veterans for their service. We certainly do, right here, for everything that you have done and everything that you're currently doing to let us do the things that we do as well. Hopefully, you enjoyed that uh, today. And uh, if you missed anything with Eric Dean, with the Avalanche, or Justin Adams, with the Buffs, make sure you uh, go ahead and check it out right here, mileysports.com or the free Mile High Sports app. For Danny Bailey and for Sadie Clough, I'm Sean Drotar. Have a wonderful, safe weekend. We'll catch you back here on Monday, but you don't have to go. You know, Miley Sports keeps it going, so you can keep it right here, too. We'll catch you next time, right here on Miley Sports.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.
1: I saw the fire in your eyes.
0: I'm Molly, and I'm the host of the Did That Age Well podcast. Each week, my guests and I recap and review movies from the past, and we talk about how they hold up. I'm joined by comedians, writers, friends, and podcasters to talk about the cringeworthy to the timeless classics. We break them all down and share some laughs as we do it. So find us at milehighlife.com or follow Did That Age Well wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hey, everybody, it's Drew Goodman. Guess what? Like everybody else in America, I have a podcast. Actually, I've had it for four years. Download it at all of your favorite places you get podcasts. I have great guests. Guys like Ryan McMahon, Dan Issel, Hall of Famer-to-be Albert Puholtz, current Hall of Famer Larry Walker, Adam Schefter. And we kick around subjects locally, regionally, nationally. So download it and tell your friends. The Drew Goodman Podcast. Catchy name.
0: While no one knows what tomorrow may bring,